welcome. We are at episode 17, moving right along. I'm feeling good. Remotely, Renee, we are here. I'm always here with my two lit crew. And let me bring them in first. Uh, my sister, Nicole Young, my VP, Paul Garino, who's my manager, and my snookabooka, who is my mother, as you guys might call her, my snookabooka, bringing the crew in because... Honestly, online, a lot of people have been talking about the crew. Like, you guys are, like, people are really enjoying the Two Lit crew. I don't know if you guys have seen the tweets. Uh, Suzanne A. Bear, which is my road dog now, if y'all don't know, she's a part of the ownership group, um, was the Atlanta <laughs> Dream. She actually told me that she wants to meet you guys. So just thought I would throw that out there that uh, y'all, like, people- We're getting her scheduled. <laughs> get her scheduled Suzanne we gotta bring you back to the pod um shouts to all of Suzanne's family too that family and friends and crew that watch the pod like we love to see it we love it thank you guys we love it we thank love it you. we love it um and I'm gonna go on a little mini rant right now um and what I mean by mini rant is you can see the picture right here if you guys notice Y'all need to pay attention to what's going on here because that's what's going on in our, our, our world, my world. We got to, like, the fact that we even have to write this, what are we doing? Atlanta? Like, what are we doing? We have to do better. And so if, if there's nothing else that we learned in 2020 that made the movement so powerful, it was allies. And I had so many allies when I opted out. I had so many allies when I talked about social justice, the injustices that were happening when it came to the black and brown community. And so it still happened. And when we say black and brown, I don't know if people knew, like everybody gets it when we say black, they know what we're talking about. When we say black and brown, we're talking about everyone. And so like, it's, it's getting really out of hand. Uh, I don't know where it actually, not that it hasn't been there before, but as we all know, the numbers are ramping up. There's more cases, it's more publicized. There's a lot happening. What are we doing? And so because of that, because of the what are we doing type of question, um, you know, I had someone uh, that reached out to actually, they reached out to VP, my VP, which is a smart way to reach out. But her name is Victoria Flowers and she's a Georgia Tech, oh, I'm sorry, excuse me. Her name is Victoria Flores and mm -hmm. she's a Georgia Tech, tennis player athlete student athlete that dealt with something firsthand so I want to be able to for her to tell her story have her voice be heard because she feels like it's not being heard and that's what we're going to do so Victoria experienced something firsthand that no one should have to experience which is hate in general like what are we doing and so Victoria I've already told them you're a Georgia Tech tennis player and you've had an experience of your own and I thought that it would be important if you said it yourself, if people could hear from you yourself, like, no, seriously. And this is, uh, and Victoria, I want to introduce you to the crew. That's my sister that you see right there waving. There's my snook, which is my mom. That's uh, my VP. That's who you reached out to, Paul Garino. And just wanted you to know you have allies here. And so as soon as I heard it, you know, you just sent the text and you're here right now. But as soon as I heard what happened, I wanted you to be able to have a platform to have a voice. So Please just just run down what happened. Um, first of all, I'm sorry it happened, but tell us what happened. Um, yeah, so this flurry happened almost just exactly 24 hours ago. Wow. So I'm still, still processing it. Um, and there's a lot of emotions involved. But I 
the irony is I literally walked out of Sweet Hut, which is an Asian bakery in Atlanta, in Medtown, and I had boba in my hand. I was about to cross the street and the walk signal came on. So I looked at the cars and I noticed they weren't moving. So I started walking and I noticed this car was started to just go and I got to the middle of the street and obviously there was like no sign of stopping. I literally jumped out of the way. Um, <laughs> she wouldn't hit me and then she was driving by this, um, this lady, the driver said, I don't want to see these words. F, you, F out of here with the virus, you B word. Wow. I sure hit you with my car. And then she just drove off. Uh, and obviously, I had no license plate. I did not even think of that. I just started crying in the middle of the street. Um, and it was so interesting because the night before, I stayed up till like 4 a.m. like crying because I was thinking about how my parents are coming in two weeks and they're from we're from a small town in Fort Dodge, Iowa, and they have they experience like, you know, like racial slur and like really horrible comments, but obviously nothing like physically that's like close to being assault. And I just was so worried, you know, having that fear of, oh my gosh, like I don't want them to come here anymore because I don't want something to happen to them. And then it's so interesting because then the next night, like that happened to me. That's that's I'm look I, like I said I'm so sorry that happened to you just as you've seen what's going on like so being a part of the black community that's a, that's an understood hate that people can understand what's going on but for you I think the people like this I, you see I have it up here because I think this is mm -hmm. a new thing people aren't necessarily used to having to talk about Asian hate can you just talk about that like that's a thing that's already been here right yeah, so um, it's very, I think one reason why it's very hard for me this week and my frustration is that people are kind of just now realizing that this has been going on. And this started before the pandemic really got like hit, hit the US last year. And there's certain statistics that people don't realize, like, there's been almost 3,800 hate incidents towards Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders within one year only yeah. since last March um, across the country and big cities, the hate crimes against Asian Americans has gone up 150%. Um, and it's been going on, but a really big part of like Asian culture and like, you know, stereotypes, especially for women, who are 68% of the time targeted in these hate crimes are, you know, we're meant to, we're taught and grew up to be, you know, not confrontational, mm -hmm. um, you know, don't speak up and out about things, you know, just be quiet, mind your own business. And, you know, especially like with immigrants, it's all about coming to a new country, you know, living the American dream and getting a better life, providing for your family. So, you know, <clears throat> those things, these really, really horrible things are not as important to us in, for most Asians and that's why it's been so like shoved under the rug and I feel like now because that happened this week people are finally realizing it and it's just been sad because I've already known this has gone on for so long yeah no I understand and so for me you know you talked about having a 
having your voice be heard. So if you had to have your voice heard, if you wanted people to know something, because it, I just had an interview with Jeremy Lin, the same thing happened, not, not the car incident, but he was called coronavirus on the basketball court. Yeah. And he talked about just that experience of, you know, just first of all, I don't even know how to, I can't even put it into words, but he was just saying that, you know, he wanted to use it almost as a learning lesson, like so that people can learn that, yeah, you guys might think this is funny, but it's really not funny. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly why I had, I knew I should text Paul because like Paul is like the coolest manager ever. And he just talks, <laughs> yeah, to, like, let's go, <laughs> he talks to me like a normal dude. And, you know, um, for some reason, I just had this like, kind of like that rage, you know, that anger that I need to do something because my dad was telling me last night, don't be sad. Don't worry. This will be a blessing in disguise because you can use this to like amplify the voices that have been silenced. And that's also something that as a fellow minority, I understand that our culture, especially in American history has been silenced the same way when we are in school and we learn about history we learn about white history we learn about it from a white person's perspective not a black person's perspective especially from the south and there are things that I'm learning like I was watching this video of this like congressman talking about how the most decorated like military unit in like history ever was composed of all Asian Americans and that's something I've never even heard of you know so it's like it's just, we've been silenced for so long and I'm obviously the opposite of any Asian stereotype. Like I will never not speak out, which is I why I, I literally said I am the worst and I'm not the Asian to mess around with in Atlanta. <laughs> I like that you are not. And listen, one reason you're not is because you got us, you know, I talked to your school already and I told you guys, when I talk to you, I'm like, yo, if anything's going down, I said, you, were you on the call when I talked to you all? Always. I'm the one okay, that so come on I, the first time. Yeah. So I talked to the school and I told them, yo, if anything's going down, I got y'all. Like, and I'm so glad that you took that serious because I yep. mean that. And so if nothing else, I have this platform that I can use that can be your voice as well. So if there's anything that you want to say, get out there. The floor is yours because I know that my sister, Snook and Paul, we all have things that we want to say to you to show that we're an ally. Like I already told you, like, yeah, they picked the wrong one because like you're my homie. So like we don't we don't play that. So we are going to talk about it because that's how things get like all I've done is used my platform to talk. But you see yeah. the strides that it's made. And so, first of all, I'm like, you're so courageous, so proud of you for even wanting to talk out and do that, because that is against the norm for your culture. necessarily, mm -hmm. But it needs to be said. And so like this, th like this is, this is, I think this should be the new normal. No one's going to be silent about hate crimes. No one's going to be silent about how it makes us feel. No one's going to make excuses for the actual person that did it. That's we're done with that. There's no excuse for what happened yeah. to you. Cole. Uh, yeah. It, uh, you know, I have a son who's, I have two sons that are in college. Well, actually three, but two sons that are in college that are away at college. I have one that's closer and you talking, <laughs> it terrifies me because it's like, um, 
you still are some, you're still somebody's child and that these people are just not, somebody is somebody's sister, brother, child. And for them <laughs> to just think of that person as not a person is absolutely disgusting to me. Um, what I've always said that needs to happen in these situations. And a lot of times, like you said, it was, you were just so upset by the situation. You didn't get the information. You know, you were just so happy that you were not hit, not assaulted by this, but we have to, and we don't want to, because like you said, it's that not speak up. It's that keep your head low, keep going, keep moving, move through it. We have to start persecuting these people, prosecuting these, sorry, persecuting, prosecuting these people. Like these people need to be put in the system. As soon as you put them in a system and it costs them money and time away from their jobs and fines and stuff, they'll stop doing this. But the fact that they're cowardly and do this and then run away, we have to start holding these people accountable because if we do it, they're going to hold us accountable very mm -hmm. much so they're going to make sure it's taken care of. So I am so sorry that happened to you. Um, you are very, uh, very courageous by saying something and then you're helping someone else who went through it, who said, well, maybe I should have said something. So just continue to be you and it'll always work out in your favor. Thank you. Snooka Booker. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I am just, I just want to apologize. Although, you know, I don't know who did it or, or whatever. I just think that, you know, as a member of this country, you know, you need to have an apology uh, given to you about those, those actions. And like my daughter as a mother, it, it just really, really frightens me about how uh, uncaring uh, individuals can be in, you know, with, very, you know, and one of the things I always think about is these people don't even know, you know, uh, they're ignorant. This, I guess is what I want to say. Yeah. They're ignorant and um, hate in this country, as you said, you know, it, they pick whatever date or whatever group, you know, and that's who they, uh, they target. And like you said, in the history books, we don't get anything about all the other different cultures that have actually made this country great and I think one of the reasons we've seen so many flare-ups like you talked about is that uh, for the past four or five years we've had an administration who kind of um, you know uh, brought it up a lot in, in not in a good way and so I was happy to hear today that the president and vice president you know our current president and vice president are in Atlanta about that particular situation because I think you know it it takes changing and it needs to start at the top and so I'm glad yeah. that they recognize that it's something that they need to speak out about and let everyone in the country know that this is not who we are really not at all and shouts to our our current president Biden my VP Kamala Harris. What does the coolest manager have to say about this? VP, what is what does the coolest manager feel? Yeah, so um, well, I appreciate that one. Uh yeah, so actually, I mean, I kind of found out about all this like when Ben Baller had been talking about it on his podcast, but I didn't realize like how serious it was until like because it just kept on happening and happening. So then I was like, what what the heck's going on? Um, and then I think just going back to your point where your uh, I think you said your dad said or you talked to your dad or something. And then, I mean, just ironic because we usually shoot on Thursday and just ha ha so happened to be that we shot on Friday today. So like, yeah. yeah, you hitting us up. So stuff, I guess, does happen for a reason. It so does. appreciate you coming on. No, and, and to that point, uh, VP. One thing also, uh, what needs to happen is 
uh, you realized the person was trying to hit you with their car and, and you know, uh, saying vow things out the window. What we need to do is for people to step up. Someone else in that line of traffic saw what happened and they should have taken down Absolutely. that that uh, that uh, uh, license plate number and sent it to the police themselves because, you know, but for grace of God, there go them, you know, in yeah. the same situation. The point we're trying to make is you did everything right. Like, yeah. you know, you didn't do, sometimes the victim becomes like, well, what could you have done to change the situation? You did everything right. You know, yeah. you made sure you were okay. You got out of there. The point is that the hate has to stop. And whether it's hate against black people, hate against the Asian community, like, can we just like get past that is the whole point. I know you got a practice to go to. And so we're not going to keep you any longer. But Victoria, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being thank courageous you. enough to come tell your story. Because like my sister Cole said, somebody's going to hear your story and probably tell theirs now. And it's, and it's going to be a domino effect. So Thank you for coming yeah. on here yes. and, and talking to yes. us. Thank you and be blessed. Thank you. Thank you. And yes. the funniest thing is that you said that the president and the vice president are coming. I already told Stacey Abrams and Raphael Warnock. So you best believe this you is the wrong person. <laughs> you person come at. Yes. I love that. And that's what you do though, Victoria. Yeah. You're doing everything right. Let it be known so that people will feel empowered to let us know and let everyone know what happened to them and then we can start holding people accountable to snook's mm -hmm. point so again you have allies in all of us and and we'll be we'll we got your back okay just know we got your back and, and not to mention yeah. just one last thing before you go not to mention it's good that the school knows too because there's a lot of kids yeah. and they know that these kids are here without parents a, a lot of the times in college yeah. campus so they feel like these people are target because where's your family who's going to be yeah. your back, you know your backbone but you got a backbone here we your family so you yeah i'm gonna let back, you know right now here, tell so. your parents you got family you here you got it's a backbone yeah. here <laughs> and that's sorry just one more point i mean there's obviously a million things i could say right now but i think the most sad thing is that i went on a walk yesterday around my campus and our georgia tech is made up of like half of Asians, like half of our student population are like Asians. And every single Asian I walked by, head down, walked as fast as they could, tried to be invisible. And it reminded me of the work that I love to do is social and racial injustice. Like that's obviously that's how we met. And the way that I had felt last year when, you know, I told you that my ex-boyfriend and my coaches and my friends all who are black in my community, my mentors, they were feeling that way. And I didn't understand that kind of pain or hurt before, which that led me to, you know, forming the racism and prejudice awareness group and, you know, being diverse, you know, doing all these different initiatives. Right. Yeah. And that's like the kind of support that I'm, you know, I wish and I hope that we would get the same way that like, you know, I, I know that all minorities feel this way. Like I, yeah. I understand exactly. I've had instances of, you know, prejudice and, you know, like implicit biases and like certain situations where I knew it was because of my race and how I looked. But now that was a point that I literally almost physically got hurt that I understand. I don't, I don't even want to walk out of the, the door sometimes because I'm like, well, they're going to see me. They know I'm Asian. They hate me already. And that's the saddest part. And that's what I want people to understand is we can't change like you and everyone on this call. Like, we can't change how we look if we're dark or we're brown or we're black. 
And that's the part that people don't understand that I want them to. Yeah, absolutely. Girl, yes. And keep doing what you're doing. Keep those communities going, the groups that you're starting. That's how you create change. So keep doing everything you're doing. It's important. Good luck in practice, Victoria. Okay, listen. (laughs) I know, I know how that is. And I don't want you late. That's why I'm always like, I don't want you late for practice. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for hopping on. Honestly, like I'm so happy that you reached out to Paul because it needed to be said. Yeah. Thank you. I just, I really want just that anybody who's watching, especially if you're, you know, AAPI, just know that your voices matter and you need to speak up about these things because we live in silence for too long and I'm not taking anymore. That's right. Drop the mic. Okay. (laughs) Drop the mic, Victoria. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. No, nope. have a good one. Bye. Be blessed. Thank you. Okay, so that was heavy. I mean, and that's just sometimes <clears throat> we see all these pictures and we see all these posts on social media, but when you see a real person talking about their experience, it makes it more real for you. So I hope that people understand that, like black hate asian hate all the hate it's all unacceptable especially like we we supposed to be getting past this 2020 2021 we're supposed to let's progress and as we're progressing we're going to go on to the next part of scoreboard and that's where we talk about sports business what's happening in all of the world just what's (laughs) going on so vp what is going on out there uh so first i just wanted to talk about fcf and the success of it um yes. and I, I think uh I think I'd sent it to you last week the uh Darren I forgot his last name but he tweeted like at the beginning of the season like he didn't know how it was going to do or he wasn't like hating on it but he was just yeah. like saying like he didn't know how it was going to do and then like he just tweeted like the new numbers and everything you know like the million of mi- millions of viewers like that what, tuned in and everything um and obviously you know Johnny Menzel and Josh Gordon coming through um but I, I also wanted to say that uh, Quinn Flowers is losing. He might lose by time we in by time this airs, but I think he should be the MVP. Yeah. So Quinn Flowers was our QB. We were undefeated until the final week before playoffs. We lost one game heading into the playoffs, and then we lost another game in playoffs, knocking us out of the playoffs because it's a one and done situation. But when I tell you, he dominated the whole regular season. Like dominated the whole thing. It wasn't even close. We not even biased. <laughs> Not even being biased, like he was the player of the week every week. Like, so just to let you know, like, that's not, that's not opinionated. That's just a fact. Like he was the player of the week almost every week because we were the number one team every week. We were the number one team going into the playoffs. We chose who we wanted to play in the playoffs. We picked the, who do we pick junior? He's whispering like us. We picked the Glacier boys and the Glacier boys beat us. Um, Quentin, speaking of Quentin too, he actually got hurt in the final game of the season, which I think he wasn't a hundred percent in the full game, but we're not going to make excuses. Like we lost, like, and I really, I had to get on Twitter and take my L like a woman and boy, did people give it to me. I mean, they let me have it. They, I mean, like I told y'all, we were undefeated almost the whole season. So I was on Twitter every week. I was acting up. I was giving it to them. So I had to go on there, take my L and just, you know, have it. Um, but to that point, what VP's talking about, we did numbers. Everybody, if you didn't know what the FCF is, you might still not know. If you're watching this podcast, you don't know shame. But some people might not know what the FCF is. Like, Snooky, you okay? Yeah. 
<laughs> some people might not know what the FCF is, but people know. If you know, you know. I'll just leave it at if you know, you know. No, you know. If you know, yeah, it, you it, know. It's better than I expected, to be honest. I, I don't think anyone. I think even the founders. Yeah. I think we were all hopeful. And yeah. to that point, I mean, if you've seen pictures, the arena was crazy yeah. as far as the the fire, the pyro, the digital screens, just the everything. It was the real deal. I mean, it felt like the boxing walkout every time they walked out where it was that big of a production. So, I mean, they executed it beautifully. So it wasn't, I don't want people to think it was luck that this league blew up. Like this was 13 years in the making. I talked to one of the founders, so Rob, and, oh, I have all of them. I need to do a little piece on them because I recorded all of them just asking them, before on the first game of the season, like what do they expect? What do they think? And I mean, yeah. blew it out the water. What do y'all think? I got a question for for you all. So y'all know that this is fan controlled football league. How do you think it's going to go over as a fan controlled basketball league? FCB. It's already been talked mm-hmm. about, started up a little bit. What are your thoughts on that, uh, Snooker Booker? Let's start with you. What are your thoughts on FCB? Well, well, most things can be transferred from sport to sport. So uh, the FCF is probably like the blueprint for what you would do if you wanted to move it to another sport. And so since there was so much success, you know, most places are probably thinking, well, why not? Yeah. Bring it on. Bring it on. Bring Bring it on, on, baby. What you thinking, Cole? That's the same thing I was about to say too. Mom, mom hit it right on the head. It's like, yeah, they used them. That was the guinea pig. And that was the, the one they said, okay, well, this actually works. So then they're going to go to basketball. Then they're going to go to soccer. It's going to be, better. it's going to keep on going. So yeah, I, I grew mom up. That was the blueprint. And now they know it's going to work. Everybody wants some of it. <laughs> Everybody wants a piece. VP, how do you feel being the guy that brought it to this very segment the scoreboard, we brought it to the scoreboard. We became owners. Like, like, is this not crazy to you? And by the way, I know you feel yourself over there. She said the <laughs> coolest manager. I know you gotta be. <laughs> you gotta be feeling yourself the it. coolest manager out here. Suave, suave, <laughs> I mean, she said it perfectly because that's how I talked to you. No, not no. You guys didn't let me finish. I I said I was saying she said it perfectly because that's how I talk. Is just like a normal person. No, for get through real. With yeah. Like I don't understand what the like why that's hard for people. But well, yeah. because you're different. So the reason that she likes you, Paul, is because you are very different than I'm sure any managers. People who told me that the other day, they said it to me that you were. Somebody told me that my manager is different than any manager that they've ever dealt with and they like it. So I'm like, all right, if you like it, I love it. I was like, but I, you know, that's my guy. So he's going to be my manager forever. Just for anybody wondering that. I just thought I would throw that out there, but that's my guy. And I think people are starting to see that me, you, the whole crew, the two, we're pretty much just regular. And so, but you guys just to get to see us. That's kind I of, think, I think cause Paul has a, I'm not saying that, all age you know all of the people like that but some paul has a very inviting like he listens and he'll talk back whereas some people you could tell they're agenda driven when they talk to you so it he doesn't have the agenda driven like conversation like i'm just trying to get from you what i want from you and let's just move on he actually is talking listening so i think that's why he's the coolest manager because most managers it's agenda driven like i want to get from you what i want and then i'm moving on to the next thing so i think that's why People are so comfortable, which is probably why he does so well too, because 
people are comfortable and they're willing to do a little bit more. So I like that, Cole. I think it's okay. true. And the other thing is he always has questions. And so yes. anytime you want to let someone know that you're really interested in them, you ask them questions. That's, so right. that's how you get to know people. And that's how you let people know that you're interested in them. And Look give all his roses. Look at this. Roses. VP. Don't say I never gave you nothing. Here you go, boy. I love it. That was impromptu. We didn't even plan that, but I was no. just like, I love that she said that because think about what happened. I spoke to this school, Georgia Tech. I told them on the call, if y'all have any problems, reach out to me. I'm here. I'm in your city. Like, I want to be like, I'm big sis. Let's do it. She actually, Victoria actually had something happen to her and felt comfortable enough to reach out to VP. Like, that's crazy. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you're going to take these flowers. What's the <laughs> next one, Paul? What's the next one? Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Um, <laughs> Oh, so going yeah, going back again to athlete ownership, LeBron purchased part of the Red Sox and Maverick Carter did with them. Um, Andy also the big week for him because uh, the official deal with Pepsi went through and now he's the face of the new uh, Mountain Dew energy drink. Oh, wow. LeBron James, I'm just saying the man is winning. And I know, I hope that people don't think that, oh, of course, because he's a great basketball player, of course. There's a lot of great basketball players out there that don't have half the amount of money in endorsements, half the amount of money in business endeavors that he created on his own. Like he's making moves. And the only reason I say that is because people like to just like blow by stuff. Like, of course, it's LeBron. No, it's a big deal. It's a big well, deal. Like, let me just say it. Okay, go ahead, Ma. Go ahead, Ma. You probably say the same thing I'm going to say. Okay, and let me just add he's a humanitarian, he's doing things in his community and yeah. giving back a lot of people are more it's me 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 you know this is the me world now you know everything is me uh and and you know lebron likes to say you know and and, and to his horn but look what he does for the community you cannot you cannot play that short what he has done yeah. is remarkable in his hometown it's just remarkable I and kudos, kudos, kudos to him for that kudos of the athletes who were well off and wealthy would give back in the manner that he has given back to his community. And that's the choice. Like, no, a choice. like spend your money how you want to spend your money, right. but we love that he is giving back. Shouts to the I Promise School. What was you going to say, Cole? And to that point, I'm glad she, mom said that because that's exactly what I was going to touch on. Um, Shannon told me today that he gave $41 million to send 1,100 kids to school. Wow. I mean, oh, so how, what was it? Colleges, right? College. No, college. Oh yeah, college. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, school, college. Yeah, to college. So he gave $41 million. So he got this endorsement. Ooh. He's doing these things. And that money probably hit his pocket. And then he turned around and just opened his pockets to something else. $41 million, 1,100 kids going to college. $41 million. Now, I don't want anybody to graze over that number. I don't right. care if LeBron had $2 billion with the B dollars. There's people with 1 billion with the B dollars that haven't given out $41 million in just that thing. I mean, he still has the I promise school. Oh, just that, that. I'm yeah. sure is, is <laughs> a lot of money to keep up and running. So yeah, man, this is all turning into flowers, but with all this hate out here, like Everybody goodness, can out. somebody show some love? VP, yeah. <laughs> what's next? 
Well, I'm not done yet. So, oh. <laughs> so just shouting out front office sports for uh, they, they listed the athletes like currently that own parts teams. Obviously, Michael Jordan with the Hornets, Magic Johnson with the, the Lakers and the Dodgers and the LAFC, the new or yeah, the new MLS team. Goals, Magic. Yeah. <laughs> Magic Johnson, all, all, all LA. I think he used to own part of the Sparks, too, if I'm not he mistaken. He definitely did. Yeah. Um, and then Shaq owns the uh, part of the Sacramento Kings, Kings. And Grant Hill owns part of the Hawks. And last but not least, for last month, Renee Montgomery was the first woman at WNBA. Yeah, let's <laughs> but, go. Oh, and also, I just want to say to everybody that keeps on asking how Renee could do everything, well, Grant Hill and Shaq are always on TV also. I, like, thank you, VP, for saying that. People people keep asking me, like, well, how are you going to do this job while having this job and having this job? And I'm like, let me tell you whose goals right now. Shaquille O'Neal. If you turn on your TV, you will see him on a commercial. I don't care what you're watching. We've seen the go to the general and say some time. We've all seen <laughs> all of his stuff. I mean, Shaq has Papa John. Shaq has everything. I- uh, I see <laughs> Shaq and Nate, you name it. Shaq yeah. has the brands. And so that's goals because Shaq has created his own empire so much so that he took all his brands, he gathered them up and he was like, all right, Shaq I got Bowl. all these brands. I'm going to start a whole Shaq Bowl that's going to compete <laughs> in the Super Bowl for a pre-show. All I need is my sponsors. Think about that. Goals. Goals. Now, goals. now did I read somewhere where he just got his doctorate? They yes. gave him like an honorary one, I believe. Honorary, well, yeah. regardless, he's done enough to receive it. I mean, <laughs> people who receive honorary doctorates, they say, oh, it's just honorary. But, you know, they just don't hand those out like, you know, yeah, or whatever. And, and to that point, Serena was talking about this. She actually, this is so crazy because two days ago, Serena was just telling me like when P. Diddy got his doctorate in music, it wasn't because he went to school. It was because we know P. Diddy has a doctorate in music. How do we know? Look at his discography. Look at his albums. Look at his, just check the tape is what I call it. So when you get your doctorate, yeah, like you earned it in one way or the other through life experiences that you went to schooling, but shouts to Shaq. Like he is, oh, and speaking of, he owns that historical Krispy Kreme here in Atlanta that got burnt down, but he's like a multi-entrepreneur, business owner, everything. And so, yeah, he's goals. Also, shout out to Front Office Sports for the love, baby. I yeah. love that. Is and that it for that one? Not, oh, yeah. And the last one, um, going back to more controversial things, uh, NCAA tournament, the women's stuff versus the men's stuff, all this stuff came out. Uh, the weight room was, wasn't that, cr- I mean, wasn't that crazy? It wasn't that surprising to me, I'd say. But then when I saw like the food stuff, that was like, Whoa. And then uh, what was the last thing? Swag uh, bags, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah, the swag bags. That was, oh, I mean, that's yeah. just dumb. But that's just the way it usually is with uh, men's <laughs> women's sports. I yeah, mean, like Title Salisbury IX, steaks? Title IX came in. Thank God for Title IX because it just gave women the opportunity to compete on the same stage as like men did. But it didn't say any of the amenities would 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 follow yeah. with that. And so right now with Title IX being there and giving uh, women uh, the possibility to play in all kinds of sports, now we have to work to get the amenities uh, to go along with that. And that even goes over into the pro world where we have to get the salaries on the same level as oh, those. Hey, you better also, talk to us oh, for a second. Yeah, no, I, 
But I agree, though. I mean, I think that it's almost become the norm in a sense of, oh, of course, the men's side is going to get their swag bags have, you know, all these things and the women's don't. The NCAA came out with a statement at first and said there wasn't enough space. So this is where the NCAA really messed up. They came out and said that there wasn't enough space for the women's, I would say, uh, weight room. But then one of the players from Oregon, um, her name is Sabrina. I no. forget her last name. What is it? I don't, I don't know. I just know. It was I, don't, I don't know it. I have it right here. I want to make sure. It's I- what is it? Um, no, not Sabrina Inescu, but Sabrina Inescu, Sabrina Inescu did post it on her page, but, oh, Sedona Prince, I'm sorry. Sedona Prince is the one that basically made a video that showed the remaining area that was empty on the women's side that all kinds of weights could have been in there. You could have put a whole gym in there if you wanted to. That's how much space there was. So then after Sedona wrote that and put that on social media, NCAA came back out with another statement that said, yeah, we dropped the ball and it won't happen again to me. And this is just how I am. And like, yes, I'm mad. Of course I'm mad. Like that's not okay. But to me, it's almost like the things that happened in 2020, I'm glad it came to the forefront. I'm glad it came to life because to Snook's point, this is not new. I'm sure that in 2009, my swag bag in the tournament was nothing compared to the 2009 men's swag bag. I know that. Like, I don't have to see it. I just, I'm pretty sure I know that. And for the people that are talking about, well, the men's side makes more money. Welcome to Title IX, people. This is not, that's not what this is about. This is about if you are the NCAA, you are putting on one tournament that's on the men's side and you are the NCAA and you're putting on another tournament that's on the women's side. There needs to be some parity. There needs to be some type of similar things. For instance, if you get a sponsor, like, I don't know how it works, but if you get a sponsor that's going to sponsor the men and that sponsor doesn't want to sponsor the women, do you really want them to be your sponsor? I'm just saying moving forward, if somebody is not in tune with, yeah, of course we want to, highlight both platforms and we want our swag to be in the bags of these athletes. If they don't want to be in the women's bag, but they want to be in the men's bag, maybe NCAA, maybe we should think about those type of vendors. I think Adam Silver brought it up throughout all these things that were happening in 2020 when he started to saying, we're going to start aligning our brand with other companies that believe the same things that our brand believes Mm -hmm. in. And so I think that's where it starts. I don't think that we can no longer be a part of brand. And look, this is almost giving the NCAA an out and I'm not trying to do that, but I'm saying if there is a problem with, oh, this is only a, if there was only a male product, which I don't really know any products that are for men that aren't for women. I do know products that are for women and that aren't for men. But if it was one of those products, I would even like, like if it was Tampax, I can understand why they're not a sponsor of the NCAA <laughs> men's tournament. Okay? Yeah, right. Like, right. okay. But the things I saw in that swag bag, were things that could be for a man or a woman. And so if they don't, if these companies don't want to buy into men and women, again, these, this is the biggest tournament in college basketball period. So if they're not buying in on it on the other side for the women, then NCAA, maybe you shouldn't work with these companies because maybe these companies shouldn't be aligned with your brand. That's just my opinion. Accountability. Accountability. Uh, I might be mistaken, but uh, most of the time, and I've watched uh, women's basketball when I was carrying you and Nikki, I've always been a big fan of college basketball. I've never really seen a final four where the stands weren't full. 
and it wasn't sold out. So, yeah. you know, so that's what, a good point. I mean, they're sold out. You know, you can't get tickets to them. So you can't say at that particular point in time that, you know, the men are having more fans or whatever. Maybe you're getting a smaller arena for the women's game than you are the men. And, and, and to that point, before the season even started, they broke down the numbers of who would be the most profitable athlete in college. There was a woman at the top of that list. That included football, basketball, any sport, you name it. There was a girl at the top of the list. She just happened to go to UConn. Husky. <laughs> okay. I would just let y'all know in case y'all were talking about the most marketable, the most sponsorship dollars that could be received. They thought Paige from UConn was going to be hey, that but- one. So I don't want to hear anything about it, Cole. What are your thoughts? I mean, like you said, it's not anything new. And we we knew, everybody who, who's known has known that they always do more for the men. But see what social media has done is let people everywhere else know. This side-by-side comparison, that's the difference. Because it's just like anything else. People don't think anything is real until they see it in front of their face. Yes. So when somebody was like, look at these swag bags and you got these pitiful little pieces here together then they got the men's they got all this stuff triple and quadruple and then even with the ncaa in the the room how dare you try to say that's not what it is it's too easy to prove and so yes the ncaa needs to be accountable y'all are saying that the women have to adhere to the same rules as the men so the women should receive the same things as the men period it seems like if I'm like if I'm Uber Eats or like uh, Grubhub or something, I would like have to figure out some way right now and just like send all the women some food or something. Because like the food why, thing got this me. This is the why he, he does marketing with, with for me because that's hello somebody. Is there a hero in the house tonight? We need some food <laughs> down there. They're like, playing on snacks. They said. Oh my goodness. Like, I'm just like, it's like, you guys got to see the pictures of the food. Like it's literally like elementary school. It looked like lunch boxes. And, and, and the point is like, I just, it's the NCAA or whoever is doing those swag bags. I know that it's two different committees because it's two different events. I think there should be some continuity between those committees. If they're not talking, if that was oversight, I think that there needs to make sure now that there's things in places that that does not happen again, because I mean, honestly, like to Snook's point, this is really not new. How do you oversight feeding people? I I can't, I'm sorry. You can get all, those swag bags are terrible, but I don't live off of a snack, a a swag bag. How do you oversight feeding people, athletes who their whole entire being is eating well to play. How do you yeah. oversight that? I, I, I can't give you that one. I'm sorry. There's no oversight there. That was- well, Renee, Renee, what was your meals like? Because I don't know. Like I'm saying. Oh, yeah. well, yeah, the- that's I my favorite. Because UConn is a different. Well, it's meal. different because it's Corona, but I'm saying. Yeah, I was about yeah, this to was, say. I mean, it's different because it's Corona. Don't ask me about nothing. We was on chartered flights at UConn, okay? We didn't even have, we didn't even go to the airport, that type like of that. stuff. Right. Like, no, but I'm saying like at the tournament, what was, but you could go, I mean, it's different because you could go places, but yeah, I'm saying and they, that's what I they said, feed this you. Is, this is a complete outlier because this isn't, you know, um, you know, I was talking to Kim Mulkey earlier and she was just saying like, you know, I'm gonna make sure my players have what they need basically. But this isn't one of those situations where it's like, what would UConn do in this instance? This is like, we are at the NCAA mercy and 
this is what you have provided. Like, we don't have other options. That's the problem. I think the problem is if you don't have other options, then the options that you do have need to be adequate. Like that's absolutely, it, it's just, I mean, absolutely. it's just mind blowing. And like I said, I'm really excited that this actually happened out loud because now that it's out loud and it's in your face, when mm -hmm. something's in your face, coach Ariamas told me this, once you present somebody with something, they either have two choices, you can accept or reject it. So we know there's a problem. NCAA, are you going to accept that there's a problem? and change it or reject the fact that there's a problem and ignore it. That's, that's basically where we're at. So it's on you. Yeah. It's, it's on you NCAA, like your ball from here. I agree. All right. So let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Oh, that was a good one, boy. We're spicy today. <laughs> <laughs> we're feeling spicy. Um, we're going to move on to remotely one-on-one -on -one, and this one is not so spicy unless you're a big fan of the show queen sugar and there's so much drama in the lbc but there's so much stuff going on in queen sugar i love 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 the show it's on own network and we got to sit down with one of the stars of the show tina lifford and she talked about the show she talked about acting alongside Taraji oprah on set when she was there just she talked about a lot of different things but what she really hit on was mental health and how it's hard being an actress. I know we've all heard stories about, you know, actors that are depressed. Um, my One of the first people that popped up in my mind is what is his name? Heath Ledger, who did the Joker. Was mm -hmm. that him? And just, yeah. that just pops in my mind and, and people yeah. that you think are happy, even comedians that are actors that it's mental health is a real thing. And she hits on how to tackle that. Check it out. All right, we have Miss Tina here, and I am so excited because, first of all, I'm a Queen Sugar fan, so I just need to throw that out there that I'm excited for that, but I want to start back way before Queen Sugar. I want to start at the beginning. What did young Tina think that she was going to do when she grew up? Mm. Young Tina knew in the second grade that she wanted to be an actress. Yeah. Really? Yeah. In the second grade, I knew I wanted to be an actress. And I grew up in Evanston, Illinois, where drama was a part of the curriculum. And anytime I was in a drama class um, or drama period, I always sort of shined. So um, my mom recognized that, my mom and dad recognized that early. And my mother, we were poor, but my mother made sure that every summer I got tickets to be able to see the Northwestern uh, Drama Department present a series of plays every summer. And I would go and I would, my mom and I would go and I would, I would just be in heaven watching those actors. And when the curtain would fall, between that week and the next week, I would play all those characters. I would remember the lines and I would drive my family crazy because I would just be doing the lines all the time. I love that. So you knew at a young age, basically you're calling. So everything after that was to move forward towards that. Let's just fast forward to when you get one of your first projects or one of your first role. Look, and let me just say throughout your career, you've done a lot. Touched by an Angel, Star Trek, any day now, NYPD. But what was it like to get that first yes? You know, that 
that first yes of a dream that you've been dreaming since you knew at two? Well, yeah, it's um, it it's interesting because um, if I'm going to tell the journey like a storyteller, then I need to say that in the fifth grade, I was um, in the talent in the school talent show, and um, it the school talent show was happening at one or two o'clock in the afternoon at ten o'clock in the morning. I'm in gym class and I get the roster that tells us what the order, performance order is. And I look down at that roster and see that my name is the first up. And hey. when I saw oh, when I saw that, it I went, oh, and I took a <laughs> gulp of fear. And that fear stayed with me for the entire day. And when I stepped onto the stage at one or two o'clock, I froze and couldn't move. The pianist gave me, I was there to sing and the pianist you know, gave me an intro and I said, oh, John Henry. And then I never got another word out. And I froze so completely that literally after they kept trying to help me with the music, a teacher came to center stage and picked me up like a little cardboard, you know, character because I was, I was frozen. What? I was petrified. Yeah. And so that's really, that's really the story that uh, I think is most important as I talk about, you know, creating this career that I absolutely love. Oh man, I love hearing from people like Atina who has overcome so much and then they're sharing their story. We love to hear it, we love to see it. Thank you, Tina, for joining me on Remotely. And that's gonna move us to Snooka Booker's part where we cover history, we cover West Virginia history. I think that we wouldn't have so much hate as you see here, we wouldn't have so much hate if people understood people's backgrounds, understood what people went through understood, humanized people. And so Snooker Booker, she does all of that on remote routes. Okay, well, this is a tough one for me this evening. I know I've been talking all month about, you know, uh, phenomenal West Virginia women for the International Women's Month, but I'm going to have to divert a little bit this evening. Instead, I'm going to pay tribute to a great West Virginian, my friend and my mentor who passed away last night. He was born on October 2nd, 1949. And as I said, part, uh, passed away on March 18th. I'm talking about Ivor Sheff, who's 72 years old. You know, they say a friend that you have for over 10 years is really part of your family. So Ivor was both a friend and a mentor. I remember meeting him back in the early 70s at my sister-in-law's house. And, the one I talked about last week on Remote Roots, Carolyn. And he began his career selling gold jewelry and fashion items out the back of his trunk of his car. And so if you wanted to buy something for Ivor, he would come to you, open up his trunk and show you all kinds of nice gold jewelry and unique fashion items. As a matter of fact, I still have some of his beautiful gold jewelry that I bought back in the 70s. Well, later he opened up a boutique in Charleston in, uh, called Ivor's Trunk. 
in which he sold some of the most beautiful clothes and jewelry that you could find in Charleston. He uh, would go seasonally on his fashion uh, shopping trips all over the country and pick up items and bring them back to Charleston to sell in his boutique. He always would call me because he always said that he would see things that he thought that would look fabulous on me. He always thought of me and he would call me and say, you need to get up here because I picked up some items for you. And also if I needed something like for a special occasion or whatever, he said, well, what do you need? When I go out of town, I'll look it up and find it for you. So he, he has done that for me for years. Uh, a few years ago, uh, and I have some pictures up that I'll show. He talked me into doing some modeling for him. Oh, he yeah. said that his clothes only looked good on tall people. And so Look, hit the runway. <laughs> he wanted me to do that. And so he actually helped me fulfill uh, uh, something that was on my bucket list. When I was in high school and uh, back in the 70s, I was very thin. I was five foot nine and I weighed 79 pounds. And I always wanted to model, but uh, I never got an opportunity. I applied to a modeling school back then in Pittsburgh and got accepted, but my grandparents would not even discuss the matter with me about going to Pittsburgh for modeling. So I didn't get to do that. So after um, Ivor introduced me to modeling, he had me in modeling shows in downtown Charleston at the Civic Center and all over. So I really appreciated him for that. Uh, uh, we often shared stories and so at one time I had told him that I, was, I had lived during, in Detroit during the 1967 riots that occurred there and his family was Jewish, he was a Jewish gentleman and he talked about his uh, grandparents who had a store in the neighborhood, uh, a neighborhood store in, the, in uh, one of the communities in Detroit and they were killed during the riots and so mm. uh, we always um, you know, kind of thought about that. And it was very sad to think that, you know, people who his grandparents had been kind to while they were growing up and even extended them credit in their store later would come back and kill them. But at any rate, Ira was a great person and our community has lost a wonderful, genuine, kind person. And I've lost a great friend. So Ira Chef, we love you. Shouts to Ivor Chef that allowed my Snooker Booker to walk the runway. I mean, Snooker Booker was strutting. Yeah, she and, did and, it. And, so to nice. that, and, and to that point, yeah, Cole, like, and, and to that point, Snooker Booker was like, she's, she's thanking him, but she was one of his top customers. I can tell y'all that right now. <laughs> Snooker Booker was dropping coins at his shop, but that's. That's a compliment to him as well, that his stuff was on point, his clothing, his stuff they did, they they fit her nice. So rest in peace to Ivan. I know what he meant. Ivor. Ivor, I'm sorry. Rest in peace to Ivor. I know what he meant, what 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 he meant to you, Snookabooka. So um obviously our our prayers are with the family. Snookabooka, thank you for your tribute. Sorry to hear we lost a good one in Ivor. Um, and my prayers are with his family. And now we're going to move on to showing some more love. I feel like we showed a lot of love today on this episode. And we're going to show some more. And this time, we're going to have a little bit of company. All right. So now we're going to move on to remote roses. And this is where we show love to people because we talked about it before. There's a lot of hate out there. And so we like to show love a lot on this show. 
There's not a lot of it happening. And now we've brought in people to show love, to help us show love. And Christina Williams, founder of Girls Talk, uh, what is, Girls Sports Talk, but not only that, just a, a solid day one for the team. And so I had to have Christina on. Um, it's, it's my tribe. I talk about tribe online. You guys have heard me talk about it when Ari was here and different people were here, but this is part of the tribe. And that's the women's basketball tribe that, put women's basketball on a platform before it was cool. I'm just going to say like now in 2020, things got a lot of attention. But when I say day one, it's before that. So Christina Williams, thank you for joining us here on Remotely. Renee, can you just talk for a second about how did Girls Worst Talk get started? Like how did, how did you come up with that? Yeah, Girls Talk Sports TV really started um, back in 2018 when I was trying to get into the sports industry, but no one really would give me a chance. And so instead of like uh, waiting for some an opportunity to come, I kind of bet it on myself and really stemmed from my passion of basketball and journalism. Went to school for journalism, played ball, varsity in high school. And so really just trying to get back to that first love of playing sports or just amplifying stories uh, and women in sports in general, because um, we know the statistics, right? Uh, women's sports only receive 4% of all media coverage, but even further than that, only 12% of those presenting sports are people of color, specifically women. Wow. And so um, just that's how it stemmed. And that's how I started Girls Talk Sports TV. No, and you've been doing exactly that. You've been amplifying. You've been doing so much. Can you just talk about the hurdles you face? Because I don't think people know. I know that there's, there's a saying going around that says, believe black women. Yes. <laughs> what is that about? Why do we have to say that, Christina? Because people might not have ever heard that. Why do we have to say that? <laughs> you have to say that because there's just so many different things against us when we try to make a way in these industries, uh, microaggressions that we have to face, access being denied when we try to get into those spaces. And so I think that that's just the key to why it's important to have that representation, especially when we talk about um, covering a league like the WNBA, where the athletes are 80% Black women. It's important to have Black journalists, Black creators, uh, in that space as well to help uh, kind of control our own narrative and, and to kind of take away from that tone deaf journalism that we may see, especially in hard times. We've seen what happened in the last year with the rise of the Black Lives Matter movement yes. and what you all have done with the Atlanta Dream and helping literally save democracy. Why is it important <laughs> to have Black voices in those spaces as well? And so, um, yeah, so like the things that we face as Black journalists, always the microaggressions, not getting access but we always find a way to get ourselves in always <laughs> and that's what I love though no but that's what I love because it hasn't been like the red carpet has been rolled out for you but you're still here and so to here. me that's important and I, I like you're still you're not just here you're thriving can you just talk about what do you have coming up next like what what's on the what's on your plate like talk about what you're doing I want people to be able to know what's going on in your world well, first and foremost, I want to thank you, Renee, because when I first got started, you were literally the first WBA player that I myself yeah. interviewed one-on-one. -on -one. Yep. And in this past year, I was able to make the Forbes 30 under 30. Uh, you better! And, uh, you better make the Forbes 30 under 30. <laughs> Girl, you better. Right there. Yes. Yeah, I was able to make the Forbes 30 under 30. Um, and it's because of players like you who constantly advocate for journalists and creators like me. Mm -hmm. So... Thank you, Renee. I appreciate it. Of course. It. And you have had a lot since. I'm just going to toot your own horn. <laughs> She's had all the big names on her platform now. This, like, I see it. 
talk what what is the name of it just i don't want to mess it up because i want to make sure what are the talks that you have that where you talk to different athletes on your platform absolutely so um i have a podcast called kicking it with christina that i do in season is happening and then now since clubhouse is like the new popping thing Uh i to do women's basketball weekly and kind of like i'm the voice of the WNBA on clubhouse and so i've been able to have you better we have not got look. We have not gotten on Clubhouse yet. Paul has no, been. You trying. have not gotten on Clubhouse. Yet. Oh, I have not. Paul have has been trying that. to get me on Club. Oh, you're Clubhouse. on it, but you're not on it. I have to get on Clubhouse, Renee. So I, I've been having like just different conversations. I remember when I first got on, I would do morning motivations with Lisa Leslie, WNBA legend. Like, Ooh, nice. <laughs> talk about it. Yeah, I've been on stages with Super Chenea Gumake. I've had um, recently uh, Cheyenne Parker, Courtney Williams. Uh, Ariel Atkins. Shouts to the Atlanta Dream. Come on. <laughs> Next week I have Lexi Brown. I have I've had yes. to talk. These conversations have made their way from Clubhouse to like national media news. Yeah. So now it's like kind of a thing where people are expecting me to do it. At first, I just started the conversations just because I saw that it wasn't there and like I cover women's basketball, so I just wanted to start it. But now I'm like, all right, I got to keep this thing going. Keep yeah. This thing going and it's turned into like these national kind of conversations now journalists come in and they actually cover it. So it's, it's super funny how much is taken. Yes. Off. We love to see it. <laughs> and to that point, I know like, so Paul, my VP has been trying to get me on clubhouse. Let me tell you what happened last night to everybody. I had a whole tantrum because I go on Instagram and I didn't realize I hadn't been on Instagram in two days. Like, Things have been really busy over here, but I hadn't realized I hadn't been on Instagram in two days and I missed all kinds of mentions. I threw a pan, I threw a tantrum to Paul and I told him like, you gotta remind me to get on Instagram. So that's why I'm hesitant about Clubhouse just because I wanna be able to keep up. Twitter's my baby, by the way. I've realized that I have a favorite app and it is Twitter. It's my newspaper. So I go on there. I go see what Christina talking about, what everybody's talking about because it's like how I catch up on what's happening. Like, so I... I'm like trying Clubhouse. I'm trying, but Christina, you keep killing it on Clubhouse and everything else that you're doing because it's not just that, but I see you working. Like, I'm just saying, like, I see you moving and we love to see it, okay? Thank you so much. I appreciate the support. It means a lot. Okay, so now we're going to bring our boards out, Christina, and this is a serious thing we do, okay? Um, I'm on the board. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, we, this is the real, like, this is every week we have a competition where we try to guess the roses. VP is building a dynasty over there at four. No one cares. Snook has two. I have two. Cole has one. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> I you actually, better wrap your one. I actually have three. Oh, what? she's still fighting Paul. Oh. No, no, no. That one didn't count. No, no. But Christina Williams is going to lead the roses today. And she's going to start with hint number one. And if people don't know for roses, the hint basically is how you show love. So they tell us something that's popping, one hint. What else are they doing that's popping? And that's how we do remote roses. So Christina, let's get it. This one might be a little easy because I had a harder one, but I wanted to switch. And so here we go. <laughs> oh, Lord. If it's too easy, Paul will get it. All right. Never mind. I'll go with the hard one. Go, how about we go with both? We'll go, okay, both. Oh, That's okay, this cool. is a no. two for one. Okay, so wait, <laughs> let me just check beforehand because I'm competitive. No, there's two points available tonight. Okay. Okay, <laughs> okay so this is the, let's start out with the, the easy one. So this is the first one, the first person. Okay, hint number one. 
Hint number one is the number 64. Say it again. The number 64. Ah, I like where we're going with this. 64. <laughs> Paul's laughing. It feels like football to don't me. Don't laugh because Paul probably already knows what it is. Don't, don't laugh, Paul. Paul is qualified. <laughs> All right, hit number two. 64 didn't do it for us. 32 conferences? Wait. HBCUs. Mm-mm. Oh, I forgot to write it. I can't read that. Put it a little closer. What does that say? Men and, and women's 3x3? She's close. She's close. <laughs> she's really close. What? She's really close. She said, yep, she's close. Mm-hmm. Okay, give us a hint number three. <laughs> oh, snap. Yes. <laughs> Wait, she got it. <laughs> what was it? What was it? Are you kidding me, March Madness? Oh man, I am so bad at this game. I, I wanted to give roses to the women's basketball. Yes. In light of the situation that has happened. No, I. You know what, Christina? That is right on time because we just before you got here, we just we went just on a, a whole, whole rant, rant about that. So <laughs> I ain't even gonna lie. That was right on time. <laughs> Um, that's you know, I got to rep because I cover women's basketball, so I wanted to give that was um, a good one. That was a good one. Yeah, (laughs) I like that. And and like, we literally just talked about it. So, Snookabooka has moved to three points. Like, (sighs) just that's how you speak stuff into existence, Snookabooka. so bad this game it's so terrible that i'm just bad this game (laughs) because that one was the one that was up for grabs for everybody yeah that really was all right well i guess let me hear your other things that you were going to say about the women's tournament just so we can show the women's tournament love wait a minute is this only about the women's tournament which one my my roses yeah my second my second uh the first one one we just did the one one, yes definitely was only about the women's oh wait let me put it snooker booker i think her board said men and women's b-ball tournament if i'm correct (laughs) oh no 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 let me see it let me see it i'll check the tape i'm gonna check the tape i realize i realize that i think i saw snook say Men and women's. If it does say that, and when we check the tape, I'm taking my point back. This is just <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm taking my, take my point back. Huh? We won't talk about it. That's why I said she had the answer. Okay, she said that's her snook. She had the answer. Okay, we're going. We're going. Doggone it. What's the other three hints? I don't know about that one. The other three hints were kind of hard, just the way that I thought about how to represent the women. But yeah, just, let's represent. Um, no matter the inequities and inequalities, they always find a way to persevere through adversity. I don't know. If oh, I happens. wish I had a foghorn. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they are doing it. They are doing it right now love it i love it okay let's let let's oh are there other ones actually how many hints was that or how show the love that you want to show to the women's tournament we already like i told you we already went (laughs) yeah i can't wait wait. (laughs) (laughs) but yeah no i just want to shout out all of the college players specifically the win the women's college basketball players right now in san antonio um we are here riding for y'all 
outside of the bubble, making sure that, you know, they get things right for you all. So absolutely that <laughs> part, you better know it. Like we like, like I talk about, I call it a tribe yeah, now yeah. where we stand <laughs> 10 toes down around here. So let's go. All yeah. right. This is the new one. We're doing two roses uh, this week. Yeah, Let's do the hard one here. Oh, well, the Paul wants to, <laughs> Paul wants to get in on the action. Let's see. All right. All right. Uh, so this person played in the Pac-12 conference. She is a Queens native. Wait, stop. Okay. How do you want to say stop? We might get some more. Time out. If she gets this off of those two clues. Oh. What? <laughs> is it really? Wait. How? How? No better! <laughs> <laughs> give a run. <laughs> Oh. Yes. yes. Like I made this too easy for you all. Yes. No, you did not. I, I was. I, mom, was you stumped? Did you get it off the two, Mom? I didn't get. I didn't Paul, get did it. you get it off the two? No, I would have got okay. it though. After it wasn't that one. easy. Believe me, it wasn't okay, that okay, easy. Okay. Oh, <laughs> all right, go ahead. Let's go ahead and show Ross some love right quick. This is wow. She's someone who has broken barriers in the sports journalism field. Um, someone who's become a great friend of mine. I appreciate you and what you're doing for both the men's and women's side of the game, but also how you reach back and you help women like myself and others who are coming up in this industry. So I just want to give you your flowers uh, <laughs> and say, appreciate you and the work that you're doing. Keep killing it. Roz Gold on Wude. <laughs> you guys beat me in the NCAA tournament. This is all coming full circle right now. <laughs> Stanford. Knocked us out of the oh, tournament. I have not don't, forgotten. Don't what? even miss Stanford. <laughs> well, no, and we hate people coming. Two things do not mention. Okay, but <laughs> to that point, Roz, like we've done stuff since then. Roz, like she's killing it. She's been a host on every show on ESPN that you could imagine. She's been hosting everything. She's killing it. I remember when she was killing it with the Golden State Warriors as the sideline reporter. Like, just a professional in every sense of the word, Christina. Great choice. Roz, these are for you. Christina, these are for you. Yay! Women that are going to ball out despite the meals, despite the swag bags, despite the uh, the weight room. These are for you. Yes. For the coaches that have to get yes. the players focused and keep them not thinking about everything else going on. This is for you. To believing black women, this yes. is for you. Yes. yes. This, is what, this is what we're doing around yes. here. Okay? This That's is what awesome. we're doing. I'm hyped. Let me give us an update on the scores just oh, in case you're a Snook a book and I are moving. Look, Snook mad. She thought she was moving ahead. <laughs> nah, baby, we here. Snook <laughs> <laughs> and I are sitting at three. Cole still has her singular victory, and BP is still VPing at four. Okay, he's going down. He's going down. He's going down. BP, you're going down. If it's up, if it's up, if it's up, then it's up. He got a free point last week, so. Oh, who got free point? I worked for that point. I got that point. I worked for my singular point last week. I'm coming up too. I'm gonna have the next three now. Keep going. Don't call it a comeback. <laughs> We've been here for years, Christina. Thank you so much. I love that. I had fun with you today, Christina. Awesome. And thank you for what you do. Honestly, like I said, you guys 
Like y'all just are about that life. Like that's the only way I can put it. Like it doesn't matter if you get the resources, if they don't, if they want to let you in, if they don't, you, we here. So thank Listen, you for everything you outdoors do. here in this industry. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for real though. And I see your shirt point goddess. We oh. here, you know, I see <laughs> we here. Okay. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. on Nice meeting. Day. Nice. And congratulations yes. on your 30 for 30. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Congrats for day on everything. Thank you. Thank you. Bye you guys. See you guys. Thank you. Bye. All right. So that was fun. I got to get a little point. Snook got to get a little point moving <laughs> on up. And we're trying to give you guys a little something, something. And so every week we talked about it, we're going to give away an NBA top shot moment. The moment we're going to give away this week, I'm about to show you, but you guys stay with us. We're going to keep doing this. This is fun. Shouts to the NBA top shot team that keeps this energy going. Check out the top shot that you can get. <laughs> We're giving away another one next week. Follow the pod, follow the journey, and follow us as we connect while being remote. Catch y'all next week. your partner big boy interested in giving back to your community while making new connections in your neighborhood introducing neighbor to neighbor a california volunteers network that empowers you to take action contribute to local needs and be a part of something bigger than yourself visit caneighbors.com to learn more about how you can get to know your neighbor and strengthen your community neighbor to neighbor it takes a neighborhood hello everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.